Steve Mathis production. Hello, Pope fans. Keep using that M-A-T-T-H-E-S code at btosports.com. And be sure to click the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com for your non-moto purchases. Your support makes it possible for us to continue to deliver your moto fix, and we thank you. episode of the Steve Mathis Show, there is a high chance ability. You will either learn something a lot of people don't know. You are thinking yes. or make you say to yourself Dude, that's so funny. The bottom line is, this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview. Welcome to the Racer X Podcast Show. Brought to you by BTOsports.com Hosted by Steve Mathis. Hey everybody, I know you've just finished listening to a whole bunch of uh, intro crap, but I just wanted to uh, put one more thing in there before we get to the show, and thank you everybody for listening. Hey, look, we all buy stuff from Amazon. I buy stuff, you buy stuff, we all buy stuff from Amazon, let's face it. So why don't you, the next time you're buying something from Amazon, go to pulpamex.com, find the Amazon banner there on the bottom right hand side, click to that, it'll take you to Amazon, and then you can place your order for whatever it is, either lube a baseball glove, or a car, whatever it is, then that way Pulpamex gets a little piece of that, and uh, we can keep on doing what we're doing. And I appreciate it. And so check it out on the link, and see you guys later. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. I'm your host, Steve Mathis, as usual, on a nice, sunny, hot day in Las Vegas. And with me on the line is a guy I've been wanting to get down to do one of these for a while, finally arranged it and that would be oakley's anthony paggio paggio what's up what's happening steve how hey, are you good thanks for doing this appreciate it no problem no I know, problem i know you're busy so i try to be you know perhaps this this interview will get me canned at x brand goggles i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> all right i won't i won't speak too much on the product well i mean you know right now you guys don't really have anybody you know I mean, you don't really have any riders that i can right. even name off the top of my head Right. Yeah, you know I mean, you know, we've got X-Bound has some good, good guys. Well, for sure. Tommy Hahn. They're all good. It's just a matter if they want to perform or not. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, hey, I know you've got you've got a cool story behind this story. Obviously, you've been with Oakley for how long now? Ah, geez, I think it's eleven years. Eleven years, and your uh, yeah. what? What is your title? Uh, sports marketing manager. Yeah. So uh, all two wheel motorsports. Yeah. So not just Supercross, motocross, flunkies, uh, road no. racing. Uh, mountain biking, I would guess. Um, no, no, no mountain bike. Okay. Anything two wheels and a motor. Oh, okay. You know? All uh, right. And 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 the people that are going to listen to this probably in their world, it's always James Stewart, Dungey, Villapoto, RC. But no, I actually do uh, a lot more than that with MotoGP and all the road racing and everything. Yeah. Anything two wheels and a motor goes through me. 
Yeah, really. And uh, so it's a big job. And um, yeah, 11, yeah, 11 years at Oakley, former factory mechanic, former top racer. You've uh, seen and done a lot of things, and I think this will be cool. So for, first yep. off the bat, though, I want to say uh, congrats to Oakley, I guess, on coming on board on the Nationals. I know um, you know it's been a long yeah. time since Oakley was in, involved in a series, and uh, that's where the roots started with Oakley. That was motocross, and you guys yep. are back as a as a I, I don't know if it's presenting or title or something of the Nationals, official goggle of the Nationals, and it, it's it's cool to see. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool thing for us. Um, you know, I've always wanted to break into doing more with the series and all, but when I first started, uh, you know, 10, 11 years ago here at Oakley, we were really against sponsoring any events right. uh, unless it was our own events. We, you know, we would never piggyback another event and do anything. We did all of our marketing dollars and everything went towards uh, the athletes and, and not doing events. But uh, times have changed, and, uh, you know, we've, we now are owned by Luxottica, and it's given us a lot of opportunities to break out and do things that, you know, kind of out of the mold that Oakley wouldn't normally do back in the day. And uh, we learned a little bit, and seen that uh you can actually capitalize on some of those uh those deals so um right. we actually started doing we started breaking into it with doing our own events obviously you know um with a lot of our surf stuff and everything like that but uh the moto side uh it's a little bit different so um we you know i've been trying to get these guys to jump on board with me to sponsor events for a while but you know there's at the level that we would want to do it or i'd want to do it with oakley you know you know i broke into the red lens uh a few years ago, and that's mm-hmm. been real successful and cool. But uh, on the national level with Supercross or Motocross, you know, I've been wanting to jump into that arena for a long time. But, you know, there's politics involved, and there's a stranglehold with some of the other players out there, uh, not necessarily eyewear brands, but brands that, uh, right. you know, represent those eyewear brands. And I, I could never really break into that world. So uh, some things have come up in the last couple of years that's given me the opportunity to um, exercise some of those uh, adventures that I've wanted to do for a while. So yeah, it, it's uh, it's cool, and you got the rolling uh, Olab at, on yep. the uh, on the uh, out in vendor row. Three races in, how's it going? How do you like it's, doing it? Has it added to your job? Has it added a whole bunch? Of, yeah, you yeah. say you want to break in, but now all of a sudden you're probably like, oh shit. <laughs> no, not at all. Actually, it's 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 more it's 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 more fun now. Um, it, there's a lot to do now. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I got another guy Ryan on the road that's helped me with a little bit more of the service side of things, and uh, you know, it's it's gave me the opportunity to kind of spread my wings and, and do mm-hmm. a little bit more and be more involved, which I, I've always wanted to be. You know, yeah, I'm not point any fingers and all that but when you're just a, another guy coming with a product to support athletes here it's not the same treatment as you are <laughs> if you're supporting the uh, series in a different way you know so yeah. it's a uh, it's really cool to be able to be on that level and and to be able to help the series out and you know i, I never wanted to do it just to give them money or give the series money and and do it the way everybody kind of views from the fence as mm-hmm. oh, I, obviously their sponsor they paid money you know what i mean right well that's true but I've always wanted to bring a have something to bring and offer to to the series or to Loretta Lens and all that. And with our rolling O Labs, you know, you, you take a tour through those and it shows all, all of our technology. And it's it's a good way for us to have a reason to sponsor an event to show the consumer, you know, our product line and 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 why Oakley is Oakley. Why is that glass so dang expensive compared to the other ones? And what mm-hmm. makes it so much better? Well, we'd like to show you with our, your own two eyes, you know, what it is that that makes it what it is. So yeah. that 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 tool has made it possible to be able to sponsor events you know like the outdoor nationals in loretta lens and hopefully more in the future you know it'd be cool as if uh uh anybody who wonders about oakley technology and why it's expensive and why they pay it'd be cool to have like a teleportation machine and they can Mm -hmm. instantly be teleported to oakley headquarters in irvine california right they can take that tour that (laughs) you took me on a few years back and they can be like hey check this out (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no you know? one knows really what goes on, and you know everything's made, and our manufacturing, and the patents. You know, I mean, I. I'll right. probably get shot for not knowing this, but I forget what it is. In each glass, the patent there's there's over uh, over 150 patents in each glass. You know what I mean? So yeah, every yeah. glass that's made. So there's a lot to it, and there's a there's a big reason why that that it's expensive, and it's the it's a quality piece of eyewear, and there's a reason everybody should be wearing it, and not the inferior brands. Well, except for the X brand goggles, of course. Yeah, except for X brands. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I was gonna say, you know, the X brand rig gets really buried. Back in the pits, it's way back there. Oh, I've been there. I've been there, bud. <laughs> I've been there. Um, Probably worse than you. Yeah, no, I can because imagine. Because I'm mean, not knocking it or anything, but Experience is a fairly newer company, and you know, not not uh, at this venture at this moment, such a threat to other bigger players. <laughs> good one. You know what I mean? Good one. So yeah, yeah. you know, the bigger player threat is going to be buried even worse. Yeah. But they got a job to do at the series and protect their sponsors. So yeah, no, absolutely. I, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a cool, co- I've always liked Oakley, man. I always thought it was just a, is it a, is it a good place to work, man? It seems like it. Like, <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, I guess it's, I don't I expect mean, it, you to badmouth it right now on the air. No, but, yeah, uh, I'm sitting in the, sitting <laughs> in a conference room by myself looking out. <laughs> uh, no, but for reals, it seems like a really cool place. Yeah. You know, honestly, anybody that's ever been here, all my athletes, you can ask any of them, you know, when you come here, it's awesome. It, the place is really cool and it, the vibe here is very energetic and, and I don't know, uh, live, it's alive, you know, mm-hmm. and there's music playing, there's people screaming and cussing and yelling and, you know, doing all the things HR doesn't want them to do, but it's just, it's a really cool environment, you know, it's changed a little bit, obviously, since, uh, since we've, uh, did our little deal with yeah. Exotica and right. it's a little bit, you know, it's gotten more corporate, but as a company gets bigger, that's, that's what you have to, I mean, right. there's so many people and they got to protect their asses and there's a lot more involved now than when I, for, you know, before we used to just go out and buy people gifts and athletes dinners and expense it with alcohol or whatever and it's yeah. no big deal and that that stuff don't fly now yeah, you know what yeah. i mean it's a different world but it also gives us a lot more opportunity and it's a, it's more legit which puts us into a different playing field with uh, other people we deal and do business with yeah now jim Gennard, who started oakley all back in the day and funny story about that i don't know if i've ever told you this but bob oliver who you know at yamaha yep he was driving ricky johnson around in 1982 and he said jim Gennard was following the series they mm-hmm. thought he was a bit of a kook. He came to <laughs> RJ and Bob one day and said, "Listen, I need like five grand. I got these this grip that I want to make, and I'll get you guys in this company." And they're like, "You're crazy, dude!" Right. <laughs> and uh, and here we are, you know, whatever, thirty years later. Yeah. But now I think Wardy went for it. Wardy's been really? Wardy's helped. Yeah, Wardy's been a part of Oakley forever, and he, uh, you know, a long time ago. I don't know the whole right, right, hoopla right. about it, but he he helped Jim out, you know, financially back in the day, and wow. therefore, you know, we have a Jeff Ward, you know, conference room here, and you know, he's, he's a lifer here. I wonder if he cashed out when it went public. I wonder. Yeah, um, I don't know any of the little things like that. Right. But I know that he's been a part of Jim and helped Jim keep this, uh, you know, thing afloat from the early stages when it wasn't floating too well. Well, let me ask you this: So Jim Gennard runs Oakley. He's, he's the CEO forever. Do you see him? Like uh, no, Jim Gennard is no longer at Oakley. He's no, when, Oakley. when he was running it. No, when he was running. Yeah, it. yeah. Oh, when he was running, it, he was him? here every day. When I first started here ten, eleven years ago, he was here every single day. Oh yeah, okay. Every All single right. day, and yep. there's not nothing that was made or went out these doors that didn't go through him first. Oh wow, okay. I always hands I put, on, and until the day he left, he was still very, very hands on. I put and him on the level of ago. I put him on the level of like a, you know Bill Gates. Like I wonder how much yep. involvement he has, but he, he was no, in it. He, huh? yeah, yeah. he had ex- mega involvement. Spoke at every single right. meeting, like mega involvement. Was he still a moto guy? 
Yeah, like still I mean, it was always his passion, but of course, you know, when you get as big as he did, yeah. obviously there's a lot of different interests in your life, and I think he, you know, he never outgrew moto. It's always been a dear thing to his heart, and he's yeah. always embraced it and loved it and gave me all the tools with my, my bosses to, to fund the things that I needed yeah. and to keep it going at the top-notch level, you know, but obviously he didn't go to any races, and he had other bigger fish to fry mm-hmm. with running this big, uh, you know, billion-dollar operation yeah. now. No, it's so. cool. When you go down the halls, everybody at Oakley, there are massive magazine, dirt bike magazine covers yep. uh, blown up. And yep. just in the mid-'80s and late-'80s, and it's just a cool sign that this, this, this behemoth company yep. started at Moto. Yep, Moto. Yeah. That's where that's where it all began. Grips and grips, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, it, grips, it's gr- like seventy-five, I think it was. Wow. Mid-seventies. Uh, hey, so before you went to Oakley, you were a factory mechanic. How did you get yeah. the job at Oakley? What made you decide to? Le- you left Cowie. Uh, so fact- we're starting off at Oakley and going backwards. Yeah, correct. We're, yeah, we're kind of okay. doing we're kind of doing the Oakley thing first. We'll cover that, and then we'll go into. I know we're going to get to the spot where me and you actually work together. Oh, one well, year. we're definitely getting to that okay. spot. All right, perfect. Uh, uh, so, so, how did you get the job at Oakley? How did how did it all come about? I was working with uh, Damon Huffman, and well, and actually, it was Larry Ward that year. Uh, I was working with Larry Ward, and hold on uh, a second, hold on. Larry Ward would drive almost any mechanic into yeah. retirement. Love Larry Ward. <laughs> I love him. Oh, okay. He was a tedious nut job, but he's still a great friend of oh, mine yeah. and awesome guy. Oh, no, he's a good and guy. And even athletes that I know today, they still love what's for They love him. Yeah. No, Larry's a great guy, but he Larry. was not easy to work for. No. 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 <laughs> he was too smart. Like, right. maybe he wasn't really smart, smart, but he was, like, in his world, he was smart. Right, right. And he right. is a smart guy. He's a really intelligent guy. But they, that also hurt him because he thought everything out mm-hmm. instead of just doing it. Right. He thought about everything, and everything had to be perfect instead of just get on it and ride it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right, That right. was probably his downfall, too. But he was a bad dude. Yeah, for but sure. Anyways, so, okay. I was working with Larry Ward at Kawasaki, and... Um, Lewis Wellen, a longtime friend of mine from Florida and all that, was uh, kind of overseeing motorsports here at Oakley. And Johnny O'Mara was the uh, on-site rep, the uh, sports marketing manager for motorsports. And they were looking to get Johnny a, a, an assistant to uh, help out more with the amateur side and whatever odds and ends that Johnny couldn't really uh, take on or was mm-hmm. too much. So uh, Larry and uh, I mean uh, Johnny and um, Lewis actually talked to me because me and Johnny were like best friends then, and we were mountain biking a lot together right. and doing a lot of cycling, and, and we lived next to each other here in Laguna Niguel, uh, California. So we were just really good bros. So he's like, dude, I'm, they're looking at getting me an assistant. You should talk to Lewis. So anyways, one thing led to another. Me and Lewis talked and came in and interviewed and uh, got the job mm-hmm. with uh, Scott Bowers here, who oversaw all of marketing then, and our sports marketing then. And uh, talked to Larry and, and Kawasaki, and they were really, really cool and said, that's a great opportunity, and uh, I, I acted on it, you know. It was a little less money than I was making, but, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a sure guy. I'd rather make less money and, and know that I got a job or know what I'm doing each day than right. make a whole bunch of money and not know what tomorrow brings. You know, I mean, I'm not a good, uh, you know, gambler. like sales, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah gambler yeah. like that. So I just... I just took it because, uh, you know, I didn't know what, where Larry was going. You know, he's getting toward the latter part of his career. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if I was going to work at Cowie the next year or Suzuki or Yamaha or flip-flop in my house. And, you know right, what I mean? I right. just It wasn't for me. So I, I took the lesser role and, and ran this and uh, love it. Been uh, happy ever since. Yeah, been happy ever since for sure. Now, was that Sternstrom? Bruce Sternstrom. Yeah, yeah. so how cool was that, dude? I mean, he was, yeah. I mean he's, he's one of the good people in the industry. 
Bruce is a solid dude because he doesn't ever, ever uh, knee-jerk reaction, dude. He's always mm-hmm. methodically thinks about everything before he talks, before he makes a decision, which is also uh, hard as hell to deal with. But it's <laughs> yeah. also really, really cool, and you know he thinks everything out, you know. I know you may but not. Of course, it was going to make them have to find a new mechanic, and normally a knee-jerk reaction would be like, come on, dude, just stay. I don't want to, you know what I mean? Right, but right, right. he's not selfish, and he's just like, man, that's a great opportunity. You know, I wish you the best, and you know what? Let us know if we can help you. I, I talked to him today. I had one question for him, and 45 minutes later, I got off the phone. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> um, um, did, you <laughs> Bruce, find, Bruce. did you find, like me, uh, um, you know, obviously, Ferry, I was at Yamaha, and I was like, I was getting near the end, but Timmy and I were buddies, and we know all about that, and I wanted to help him out. When he left, mm-hmm. I I wanted to leave. I did not want to be a mechanic anymore. I found it, and I don't want to say this because I don't want to be degrading to anybody who's listening to the show because I got a lot of buddies who are mechanics. I found it. I found that there was no challenge anymore. Not that I was the smartest dude in the world. Not that I knew everything because, believe me, I, my mechanic skills are average. But I just found like I wanted a new challenge. Did you get right. that way? Uh, you know? Honestly, the thing that killed me with mechanicing the most, um, other than solvent and contact cleaner, <laughs> uh, the thing that killed me was the uncertainty. I, I don't like. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I like. I'm not a. I'm not a team guy. I'm yeah. not a team sports guy. I don't. I played soccer for. I don't like depending on other people to to have my success. Mm-hmm. Or to be happy. Oh, to be a failure. You know, if yeah. I pass yeah. the ball to you and you don't score the goal, then we both lose, and I think you're an idiot. And <laughs> I'm not a good team player. I like right. I, I like individual sports, and yeah, yeah. that's the great thing about motocross. But you know, on a team, you you got to be a team player, which that part's no problem. But the part that I'm kind of getting trying to get to is if my rider didn't feel good that day uh-huh. and rode like crap or just sucked, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then then that reflected on me and my my night and how my night went and my next week went. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If they crashed or if they got hurt, now I'm not we're going to the races or working. I didn't I hated that part about it. I hated not knowing what my future was going to be because you know this young kid is or this older adult actually for Larry <laughs> yeah, yeah. is making, you know, is is doing what he wants to do, but I just got to kind of ride the bus with him. Yeah. That that's what drove me nuts. And it's for some people there's great people out there that have done it forever, Goose and, yeah. and Berludi and Lee and all them, but you know, it it just it wasn't for me. I shake my head in amazement at Berludi. I tell him that all the time. And Goose, I don't know how they still do it, dude. Seriously, yeah. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. It's no, uh, I, I don't either. They're unbelievable. They're great. They're great. You know what's weird is all those mechanics that have been around that long are all great people too. Yeah, yeah. They're all killer dudes. Yeah, Bentley, Bob Oliver, yeah. uh, Berludi. Not one Goose. bad one. Yeah, no, no. You're right. Um, well, Lunas is gone. I heard he was a bit of an ass, but he's, he's out of it. But. Lunas. Hey, you know, Lunas was actually who I replaced at Kawasaki. It was, They yeah. fired Lunas and brought me in for Damon Huffman. Yeah, something about the double. Or got rid of Lunas. I don't know how it all went down. But, double. yeah, I always thought Lunas hated me, but it wasn't my deal, you yeah. know. Yeah, the double DNF at Millville might have been the final nail for Huffy and, right. and Lunas. I uh, think they just wanted someone young to come in with Huffy, younger, you know. Right. Um, you know, that would kind of gel more with them. Yeah, maybe so. Um, yeah, inter- interesting to, to think about why you left being a mechanic. And, and again, I don't want yeah. to sound like I was smart. I just found like myself, it was the same routine. Travel, build motor, grease linkage, yeah. build bike, 
travel. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You know, there, there's a good thing about it and a bad. Like, everybody always asks me. Like, I'll always jack around and act like, hey, let me let me see that wrench. Let me help you out. You know, I can jump in if you need me to. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? When everybody's yeah. in, freaking out. But right. I, I always, they always go, hey, do you miss it? And I'm like, you know, I don't. I don't. I it, it wasn't yeah. for me. But I also miss, you know, with marketing and all that, the – it's never done. There's no like come to work and this is what you do. And then you go home, yeah. you know, you can think whatever you want to think of or dream of, you should always be trying to figure out new stuff, go different directions. Right. But with well, the cool thing about mechanicing is you kind of know what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's never done because there's practice bikes. There's all this other stuff, testing and all that. But right. you know that okay, this motor needs to be taken apart and put back together. When that's done, that's done. Right. Yeah. Good point. That part. Right. That part was always kind of good, but mm-hmm. you know. Though, yeah. You talk about stability, though. Like uh, you were working at Factory Cowie, who's the home of yep. stability in mechanics in the industry. Right. I mean, J Bone left Luckily, on his own. You know, on his own deal. Williamson yep. and Wiggins will probably be there for as long as they want. Cowie was a, yep. is a good company to work for. Yeah, but all the people you're naming are when I worked there, and that was the year. Those were the years that people actually started saying, you know what, I don't give a crap about the rider. This guy's a good mechanic. We're keeping him good here point. on our you're team. Right. That, the year yeah. I le- when I left, that was like the beginning of actually mechanics having say-so and where they're going to go and stay. You got you a good I mean? point. It's not like that anymore. It used no, to be. nowadays, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Now you switch the riders out and you keep your staff together. It, Exactly. Back then, you floated. If your rider went, you went. You didn't even ask to stay. It was just like, oh, shit, Larry's out? Oh, all right. <laughs> like, look at Where's Bundy. Where's he going? Hey, Larry, can I work for you next year? No? Okay, i got to find another rider. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Larry, where are you going? I'm going to Subway yeah. Honda. I guess I'm going to Subway Honda. Well, yeah, well, exactly. Well, you got a good point. Kind of bounced. Um, it's changed. Look at Bundy. Bundy followed Nathan everywhere. That would not be possible yep. nowadays. No. That would, that would no, no way. never happen, you know? So, yeah, good point. You're right. And so, yeah, back then there was a little more instability maybe. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this. Like, as a media guy, uh, you know, I, I get accused of being in everybody's pockets and, and, and performing fellatio on everybody who I write good about. Um, that's all right. I, I get accused of that all the time. Well, I mean, you know who. I mean, that's, that's all, what I'm bringing all anybody up. ever thinks of. I'm bringing up. You got Ryan Villopoto, James Stewart, yep. Ryan Dungey. You got three of the highest profile riders now that Tim Ferry's retired in the sport, yeah. um, what's that I like? Tell me what it did, my deal. Ah, oh, tell me about it. <laughs> uh, how, uh, how, how? What's that like? No, for reals. How? How is that balancing act? I mean, if anybody's pulled it off over the years, I really seriously, Padge, it's been you because I think that the at the end of the day, your character speaks for itself. You're, you're a stand-up guy, um, but it's got to be tough at times, right? Yeah. It's got to yeah, be tough. But uh, I don't, you know, I, I don't think it's possible for somebody. Like, uh, let's say you, you know, I mean, if you sponsored all three of those guys, let's let's go back to Bubba and Ricky. You know, what I mean, okay. that that was a big one. Right. Bubba and Ricky, if you sponsored Bubba and Ricky the same year, uh, I don't think it, I don't think it would it would work out too good. I had a little bit of, you know, it was a little different for me because I grew up with Ricky Carmichael. I used to take I used to pick him up from elementary school and take him practicing every single day. Mm-hmm. OK bring him home to my house and big Rick would pick him up from my house and take him home, work on his bike. The next day I would get out of high school, go pick him up from elementary school, take him practicing. Mm-hmm. We rode together. We went to all the amateur nationals together and did all that. You know, okay. James Stewart, 
Dade City. So what I'm saying is my family and his yeah. family exchange Christmas cards. Yeah. I've known Ricky forever. He's known my family. He knows my, my everybody in our family. You know what I mean? Right, right. So it's a little different. Same with James Stewart. He grew up at Dade City. My dad and Big James used to race in the same class at Dade City. I watched James Stewart be, you know, not be born at the hospital, but I watched him grow in Sonia's stomach before he was ever even out of the womb. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been around their family since day one right. at the local track, grew up with them, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when he was on 60s or, uh, 60s or 80s, I got the Oakley job, and then I was his rep for Oakley. Mm-hmm. So that relationship even developed even more through that. So I got relationships with these guys and their families way deeper than this little silly thing called motocross. Yeah, so. Yeah. I, of course, there was times, you know, Ricky flipped me off at Bud's Creek and thought I made his goggle lens pop out halfway through a moto, you know what I mean? And, and it, there was times that there was ugly little things like that, but at right. the end of the day, you know what I mean, we're all family, and they know that I, I, I care about them both, and it's not the same level. Had I not had that development and that upbringing with them, I, I think it would have been a nightmare. It would have been a train wreck, especially yeah. with those two mentalities, because today's guys are a little different. Dungey fits that mentality a little more. He's, he's very regimented and strict and this is my you know this is my crew and this is how i work and this is what i do and i'm not breaking out of that mold and that's why he's successful yeah no villapoto is successful but he's a complete opposite villapoto is the most laid-back dude Mm -hmm. easiest guy to work with fun loving will smart mouth and say stupid stuff and act like he's he's pissed off but dude the guy's the guy's cool you know i mean he don't care so i've got two polar opposites now you know i mean complete polar opposites where i always like to go with you know bub and bub and rc because those guys were both very gnarly dudes mentally and Mm -hmm. who's in their clan and things so I wouldn't have survived that if I didn't have developed that relationship through a lifelong commitment to their, you know, life and their family. So it it wasn't, it's not like everybody thinks, you know what I mean? And nowadays, of course, Bub is James and, you know, Dungey and and Villapoto. No, I I got those guys way after James. They knew before they were even ever on big bikes, my relationship with James Stewart and Ricky Carmichael. So they're not going to, they know they're not going to come in and ask me to change that relationship. It's been developed since he was born. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's not – I didn't just go out and hire these guys and take them straight, you know, cold turkey. There's a lot of, lot of uh, <laughs> development built in there, and, and the guys nowadays know my deal. So it, it's a little different, but it is hard to juggle them. I mean, yeah. it is, but, yeah, I try to be honest with them all. That's the thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know how it looks to a lot of people, and I know what a lot of people think and all that, but you know, all I can say to that is some people, some people ask for more and some people demand more, you know what I mean, and yeah. the other ones don't. If they did, they would get the same deal. You know what I mean? But it's just a little different. Well, I think, like I said, too, um, you know, I think your character uh, comes through in the end. You know what I mean? Like you're you're right. trying to do the right thing. You're trying to treat everybody well. And, and I think everybody right. can see that. You know what I mean? I, I, I think, yeah, yeah, you're right about Villapoto. I mean, he doesn't – I mean, he's got a set – if he talks to me, you know, ten times a weekend, eight of them are just to crack on me or make fun of right. somebody else or whatever. Yeah, you know? like totally different. There's nothing to that, but it, it is interesting for sure. Uh, there's a lot of money, a lot of egos, a lot of everything on the line yeah. uh, every weekend for Oakley. You know, out there, and it so. gets hard. It, it does get. There's little sour points, or you know, yeah. advertising. Mean, I got. A, I'm in charge of advertising all this stuff and doing all this, but you know. Yeah. 
at the end of the day, it is what it is. That's why I say everybody acts like everything's so hard, like agents and all this stuff, and you work. And you look, you got a certain amount of money to spend. You got an athlete that you want. You either can, you you offer them what you can do, and if you can't do it, you can't do it. It's right. simple. Right. You don't need all this politics and bullcrap. This is what I can do. This is what I have to spend. This is what I'm <laughs> capable of doing advertising wise and all that. If you can take it, if that's what you're into. Then let's do it. If not, move on. I, yeah. There's nothing I can do. Right. It's it's easy. It's it it is it's it's simple. Right. But everybody tries to make it harder. And there's you know there's a lot of different ways you can do things. But that's the creative side. But it, it, at the end of the day, it, there's X amount for this and X amount for that. And yes or no, it's simple. How, how was it at Unadilla that day when when James jumped on Ricky? How was that? Ah, that you know that sucks, obviously, because I go over to James's camp and he's like, "Dude, I mean, like, I, I forget, you know." He moved over, you know, and you know, Ricky did move down, but he moved down to the line that he was normally taken. But James was moving up the line, and Ricky's like, "What the, you know, what I mean, yeah, yeah. dude, go tell your dude what the, what an idiot, you know." And it, it sucked. I know, yeah, but. Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, it. They no one pushed it on me. It's not like everybody. Right. I think everybody everybody builds it up and makes it look, you know what I mean, like a lot more than it is, you know. Yeah, no, it, behind the scenes, exactly. These guys are all humans, and they're all, yeah. I mean, and it's all also, too, it's not on the level of, like, a, a brain surgery. Or, you right. know what I mean? Like, I like to say, like, you know, I told her, hey, do you think I wanted him to jump on your head? Like, you know what I mean? And do you think that James said, you know what? I think I'll jump on his head. That'll come out good. I think the outcome will be good. You know what I mean? He didn't. Like, right. It's not like he meant to. Did he make a thinking error or, or yeah. something? Yeah. You know, in his eyes, he didn't. He was right. going to a line that he was going to try to pass him and race on. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's what happens. A lot of that happens with, you know, stuff. But. You know, I mean, yeah. it's not like I want that to happen. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, tensions tensions thick this year during Supercross. Things get things get uh, things ah. get uh, gnarly, or are you just uh, same old, same old? Best same old, same old for yeah. me. Right. You know, I, I, you know, on the, you know, I got friends, friendship wise on stuff, and then yep. I got my job to do, and my right. job I'll always do. You know what I mean? I'm I'm never gonna let uh, yeah. these guys as. Uh, you know, demeanors or anything uh, dictate or, or or make me deviate from the job that I got to do. Let me you know? ask you this, uh, MotoGP, um, same kind of stuff goes on? Same, and I mean same uh, sort of internal drama, same sort of camp, same sort of cliques. Yeah, every sport, I mean, football, soccer, basketball, every sport, it's okay. drama. Yep. There's drama in everything. You know, in GP, you know, now I got I got Valentino Rossi, Nikki Hayden, Casey Stoner. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Ben Spees. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I got all the same, you know, top dogs in there. I had Jorge Lorenzo too, or we had Jorge Lorenzo, but you know, we had to let him go this year. So yeah. I mean, so, I got top dogs. You know, Nikki and, and Valentino are, are teammates. So, but man, it's it's different. Yeah. There, are, I don't want to say I don't want to try to put anybody down or make it. No. It just seems a little bit more. Uh, they're going, you know, two hundred miles an hour on concrete and. It's a little bit more, you know, precise and a lot more technology in MotoGP. So it's a little—I don't want to say more professional or more uh, mature, but it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the stuff that they're dealing with—it's a little—it's a lot more com- computer and, and thinking and studying lines and really focusing on graphs. And it, it's just—it's way more high tech. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Uh, you're a Moto guy, uh, and we'll get to that. You're a Moto guy through and through. You enjoy going to MotoGPs? You enjoy going to the road races? Yeah. You yeah, I love it. it. Yep. I, I, you know what I love about it is moto, and this is the same thing. I was going to like the four wheel NASCAR stuff. I've been doing a lot more of that now, uh-huh. and, and and getting into that a little bit. With uh, we have a new director here with motorsports, so it's allowed me to get involved with that more. Um, so what I love about it 
Steve, is motocross, I by far don't know near all of everything, but I know a lot, right. and I know what they do, simple things. You know, I know mm-hmm. why they're dropping the sag. You know what I mean? I know why they're changing clickers or changing pole rods or dropping this or changing the, the, the arc, you know, the angle of the front end and mm-hmm. dropping new inserts in and spacers. You know, I know that. I know why. Where in MotoGP and NASCAR, I'm like a kid in a candy store yeah, just yeah. learning yeah. and absorbing all this stuff because, you know, why did they scrape that tire when it came off the car? You know what I mean? Why did he heat it up and scrape it? And now he's measuring it. What's that do? You know right, what I mean? Right, and right. like, there's all these things, and it, it's just more. It's a lot more fun there because I just, I just, I'm walking You're around learning, and I'm right. in awe of everything and learning. I'm learning everywhere I go. Where in motocross, I take it for granted. And, you know, Supercross. You know, I know why they're doing that. You yeah. know. And also too, it's it's like ah, Padge. What's that? You know what I mean? You've been there yeah. forever, and you're meeting exactly. all these new people, and yeah. No, dude, exactly. I've often thought your job, your job has to be awesome. It sounds like a great, yeah. great deal. And yeah. when, when X-Brand sells out to Luxottica, I wear, I will Perfect. be there. We'll uh, be partners. <laughs> <laughs> again. Uh, again. Uh, hey, let's, uh, let's get into the, in the time yep. machine and go back. Um, yep. Young Anthony Paggio, I've got behind me where I'm doing this. I have, Rat tail. I have probably 200 old magazines, and, and you're in there a lot. Uh, you, were, you were a Team Green kid, up and coming. Yep. Uh, uh, Tampa, Florida guy. Um, also friends with Tim Ferry forever, by the way, you didn't drop yeah. that name in there. You've known that dude forever. Um, yeah. uh, what, so what, what me and him were enemies though. Then yeah, we that's hated true. each other. Yeah. You had the, uh, you had that guy, that mutual friend that, that took, took you out or I forget. Anyways, um, uh, mutual friend that took yeah, me out. Yeah. I thought of Loretta, was that you at Loretta Lynn's who had run in with one of Timmy's buddies or something or. And then Timmy, no. I, I jumped on Timmy's head one year at Atlanta Supercross, <laughs> and everybody loves to talk about it. His <laughs> parents were pissed. It was like the only time he was actually going to qualify for a main. And I jumped on <laughs> his head on or something. I forget. Um, they were all bitter. Hey, so uh, sixth place, Tampa 93. I like to give you shit about that. And I'm glad you said six because everybody says ninth. I, I got ninth no, I say seven. I say seventh. Uh, I get it mixed up with seventh, but Six. no. But hey, for reals, you had some skills. You, uh, you know, what happened? What just injuries? Uh, what made you give it up? Yeah. Well, my first year pro, I broke my back in Charlotte, and I had like really cool things that happened, and then really crappy things that happened. You mm-hmm. know, my first Supercross ever, I pulled the whole shot and got ninth. Then my next Supercross, I broke my back, <laughs> and then I can't. You know, like right. little stupid things like that, and. Uh, Injuries, yeah, shoulders, mega shoulder yeah, problems. Yeah. You know, I still have the shoulders of a six-year-old girl. My daughter, who's eight, has bigger shoulders than me and wider <laughs> shoulder span. Were you just separating them? Just always uh, popping constant? out, triple dislocated, like frontward, sideways, and back. They'd pop out. And if I had raised my arm, it'd pop out. Washing my right. hair, pop out. Sleep and pop out. So I've had multiple surgeries on those to get them all tightened down. And you know, that was my downfall. Shoulders. Yeah. Shoulders yeah. took me out. Uh, was Tampa your best race ever? Would you say the one you're most yeah. proud of? I mean, that's. Yeah, I got six there, but you know, even that was a high and low point, dude. I got six, and I think I, I had a pass. I think downtown Mike Brown last lap uh, for six, uh-huh. and I got six. But my dad was telling me that there was three laps left. <laughs> you know, he was helping me out then, and he's telling me three laps left. So I thought he said I went into third. And people that know me love this story because they picture me getting my speech ready for the podium and, like, all this crap. So, anyways, I came over the checker f- the finish line, and I thought I got third. I thought I was on the box. So I went over there like I was top <laughs> shit, pumped up, man, getting ready for my speech, throwing my goggles around my neck. Let's do this. And I got six, which was still a great highlight <laughs> and the best finish I ever had this. and everything. But it had to – 
had to knock me down a little bit. <laughs> no, let's do this. I'm ready. We're, we're, hey, yep. Ralph. Yeah. Ralph. Hey, you move your bike. I need to put my bike up here. <laughs> That's that was funny. King Dog, boy. Yeah, well, hey, six and a 125 main event is, is uh, yeah. nothing to sneeze at. Did, hey, guys, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast show. It's that time. Time for a commercial. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike car body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at BTOsports.com. Racing since 1970, O'Neill is the original American MX company supplying fine apparel, protection, and accessories for over four decades. O'Neill is proud to support top racers worldwide, including the Moto Concepts Yamaha Racing Team in the U.S. Supercross and Outdoor National Series. In 2010, O'Neill worked with top racing professionals, including Grant Langston, Tim Ferry, and Ricky Dietrich, in developing its all-new 2011 line. O'Neill's hardware line is the toughest money can buy and has been critically acclaimed for durability, fit, form, and function by Motocross Action Magazine. Hardware pants and jerseys are designed to function while putting you ahead of the pack in fast-forward fashion. When it's time to gear up, check out O'Neill.com or an authorized O'Neill dealer near you. How were your national? Did you do the nationals? Did you nationals? Do I I did. Uh, I think uh, Gainesville. I did get back when Gain, Gatorback used. to, I don't know. Right. For a lot of people that are listening to this, they don't know the back uh, the old school stories. But uh-huh. we used to do Supercross. You there? Yeah, I'm here. We used to do Supercross, and then we'd do Gainesville Outdoor, and then go back to Supercross. Right. And uh, Gatorback, I got I think twelfth or fifteenth or something, and uh, got national number ninety four out of that one race. Uh, so, um, and then after Gainesville, after that one race, uh, I moved to Sweden actually that year and uh, lived in Sweden for, I think it was five to six months and, uh, raced in Sweden, the Swedish nationals. So <laughs> I didn't even know that. How long have I known? Oh, really? Maybe I did. You, you probably told me on the road yeah, one time, but we've had to, when you took that first dip and stuff, I've had uh, to told you. How, how did that go? Well, how did that happen? It was good. Did well, make, uh, did you make some money. It was, it was actually, uh, I want to say factory. I think it was Factory Connection back when it first started. They had a guy named named Henry Romlin from Sweden that used to always uh, come over here and kind of do kind of like the old Jeff uh, Jim Holly things, you know, uh-huh. kind of import riders from yeah. here and there and kind of bring them over. And he talked to me about going over there and riding the Swedish Nationals. So I hit Gatorback, the first national, and got number 94. And then the, before the national started, I got an offer to go over there and ride for uh, for Honda and Henry over there. And, and I, it, um, it was like Factory Connection, but it was like a little sub deal. The guy, mm-hmm. you know, I guess bought his shims from Factory Connection. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. And he was really into the spring side of things, like developing titanium springs and all. But anyways, they brought me over and set me up in an apartment and – I raced the Swedish Nationals. I was like a <laughs> top six guy, top five guy. If I broke top five, I was jamming. Yeah. Normally around sixth or seventh. But uh-huh. uh, I don't know, Joachim, Joachim uh, Carlson, Holcomb yeah. Carlson. Yeah, yeah. I he used him. to ride, a, I think it was Chesterfield Suzuki back then. But, dude, that dude was bad. Yeah. That uh, was that was the the king dog over there, dude. I think I got second one, one week into them. But, you know, it was it was different. It was a great experience. It was long. I was by myself. I was right. like 17 or something and living in Sweden and Stockholm, and that was all killer. But 
you know, I just I got over it being by yeah. myself, not speaking Swedish. <laughs> Did you? Uh, you must have made some money, probably, huh? I mean, uh, I, no, I made money to support living day by day, but oh, that's no, it. I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't come home and buy a house or nothing. So no. you really just went over there just for fun and, and experience and, to try and fun. Different. Yeah, I made right. some pocket change enough to sustain life, and then that was about it. Wow, that's cool. Um, then came back home and uh, went. All right, we're doing this. So I came back home mm-hmm. and uh, my shoulders popped out again, and I actually <laughs> blew my knee out over there. Or I had a foot peg to the knee. I had to have some stitches put in. So I came home to recoup and yeah. just kind of said, you know what? <clears throat> I got to get right. So I had shoulder surgery, and then my dad's a retired firefighter yeah. in Tampa. So he's like, dude, why don't you try something different? You know, the, the racing thing. I started getting hurt a lot more. Right. My shoulders were obviously a big problem. So I went to – he said, I'll pay for it. You want to go to EMT school? So I went to EMT school and got my EMT license, mm-hmm. uh, medical license. And then uh, right after EMT school, I got my other shoulder operated on. And then while that was healing, I went to fire college. And uh, I went to fire college up in Ocala and did that whole deal and got my fire degree. So I had EMT and fire degree, and I was waiting to get on the fire department and uh, just chilling, kind of started riding a little bit again and hanging out with New Mac and Swinkster and all my buddies and Glass mm-hmm. and all them and riding and uh, waiting to get on the fire department. I had a waiting time like that I had to wait to take the test. So I went on the road with New Mac and started helping him on the road and riding with him during the week and kind of just helping him out on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that kept going, and then I ended up blowing the fire department off because, uh, you know, now you had to be a para- paramedic firefighter to get higher up on the list, and right, I didn't right. score high enough on the test to let my, to, for my dad's uh, my dad's uh, statute to, to really help out. You know, mm-hmm. he needed me to get up on the on the list of a hundred, and then he could move you to the top. Or I forget how it all worked right, out. Anyways, right. I ended up taking the alternative route and going back on the road and the racing side, helping New Mac out, and then J Bone came over. Uh, Oh no! I was and then I got a job with Chaparral with uh, Jimmy Button and uh, worked with Chaparral with Jimmy Button. Actually, Team Extreme with you, bro. No, yeah, we'll, we'll get to yeah. that. Skip a, skip a period. Went to Team skip. Extreme, Chaparral, then at Chaparral, Kawasaki, Kawasaki, Oakley. Uh, so now uh, let's now let you take over. You probably have no stories at all from hanging out with Numac on the road. Zero. Probably zero. nothing. Nothing. It'd be a blank page if it was in my book. <laughs> God, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, this would have been '95, Mean Gene. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what was surprising was Numac. You, you, you took him on the road in '96 when when I when I started as a mechanic, and the guy was out of shape. He was yeah. t- toting his wife and kid around. Probably didn't ride all week, and that guy would make main events. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was a bowl though. He was just a big like bowling pin. Yeah, he was. Uh, how did you get the PJ One Extreme job in '96? Your first quote-unquote team job how did that come about working for Corey Keeney Denny Stevenson old Suzuki factory rider him and his dad his dad was always his mechanic he came to me thought his dad was tired of mechanicing and came to me and said hey I want you to be my mechanic next year we Uh you know had a good little relationship so I said all right so we started amping up for me to be Denny Stevenson's mechanic and then his dad ended up not retiring so he's like crap man my dad's not gonna retire you know what but I got a buddy cog and these some friends that have this team PJ one team that they're mm-hmm. doing with Jimmy Button and Sean Kalos and Corey Keeney, yeah. and he said, "I can you know I mean they need a mechanic. Why don't you work for them?" So ended up talking to them and working with them. And I was Corey Keeney's mechanic for a while. And then uh, one day we we're testing, and um, Button was hurt or something happened to Button, and uh, he couldn't test. So me and Corey, I was I would just got done racing and riding. So me and Corey were testing that day, and. Uh, <laughs> our team manager, or actually the owner, heard that me and Corey were testing, and I was faster at the practice track. <laughs> and on test day, I was faster than him. 
So um, he called me up and he said, "Hey, I don't think it looks right when the mechanic, you know, is out doing the rider. So I need to. I'm going to switch you and put you with Button and then get Corey a new mechanic." Yeah. So that's how that all kind of went down. And then well, and uh, Button was feuding with his guy, right? Yeah, Button was about. Button was having problems with Cog. They were at ends, and then me and Corey tested that day. Then that went down, and they're like, they were all ragging or talking to the owner about how, dude, Padge is bad, you know, blah blah blah. And they're like, well, that that ain't cool. So well, that's, how, was pissed, that's how I right? got transferred over to Button. Keeney was pissed. From yeah, what I, from what I hear. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if you were stuffing them or not, but enter me now to work for Corey Keeney. Okay. Uh, straight from, I don't know any of this. <laughs> yeah, straight from Canada. I was kind of. Cog was like the team manager too. So when I stepped in the button role, then I kind of like was team manager too. Right. And team manager, driver, mechanic, and and all that. So I wasn't going to hear the gory details if Keeney had a problem because then I I could do something about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I knew the owner <laughs> Gary Groth of the uh, Yamaha dealership. He yeah. knew me from me racing up and up in all his races in North Dakota. And I said to him, I was down there with Shane Drew just trying to get a job as a mechanic. And I said to right. Gary, oh, my God, you have a team. And probably that time he told me he was team owner. I don't even know. And, you know, I said, oh, my God, you have a team. I want to be a mechanic. And he's like, I'm not hiring you. You're a racer. You're not a mechanic. And I was like, dude, I can do this. I'll work right. for free for like two weeks, three weeks. Don't pay me. Little did I know that he wasn't going to pay me later on either. At all. But, <laughs> at all. But uh, uh, I said, hey, don't pay me for a couple weeks, three weeks. And then let me see how I work out, you know? And he was like, shit, all right, you know? And I started at Mount Morris, and I literally just walked up to you and was like, hi, yeah. I'm Steve from Canada. I'm Corey Keeney's mechanic. And you're like, ah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your toolbox? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, I got my toolbox shipped down from Canada, you know, and I started working, and that was it. And yeah. I learned a lot from you, which is funny looking back because – you weren't even really a senior mechanic at that point. No, I didn't know shit. <laughs> and uh, I was on the weekends. I was paying people to change my tires. <laughs> and I was like looking at you, going, "Oh, Padgett's so smart. Oh God, he's so <laughs> smart." You know what I mean? It's just uh, it was just like the blind leading the blind a little bit because yeah. when you got to factory Cowie, as I did when I got to factory Yamaha or factory KTM, you look back on yourself and you're like, "I was an idiot." Right. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. So I remember first splitting cases and learning that. Then I thought I was – once I learned how to split cases and all that and true cranks and all that, I was the man. Right. That was it. There was no stopping uh, you. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Button, Button had a pretty good year, and we drove around the yeah. country until um, Washougal. Where yep. I, well, I was working for Keeney, and he was really struggling. And you took us – because you were in charge of where we were going all the time. Yep. And you took us to Swink's parents in Michigan. And yeah. it was a long drive from yeah. wherever we went, and I didn't paint Keeney's frame. And yeah. he showed – because remember we used to have to strip them down, and they were white, or were they yeah, black? I don't remember. Yeah, hang them with the coat hanger up in the tree. Yeah, were they white or black? I don't remember. PJ1 bikes. Um, they are white for that year. Yeah, bitchin'-looking bikes, by the way. Yeah, black but, plastic, white frame. Yeah. Um, so I didn't paint his frame. We were, you know, whacked out on, on uh, mini thins trying to make it to the next race or whatever. <laughs> no dose. No dose. And yeah. he shows up at the track, and he's like – why isn't my frame painted? And I'm like, dude, we were driving, driving all week. It, you know, it was it was tough to make it here. And and dude, like you're going 17, 17. I think you'll be all right. Which literally <laughs> is what I said. Right. And he did not like that. That was my last race uh, working for Keeney. He fired me. Um, I remember the next race was Unadilla. I showed up with you. I built the bike. We showed up at the track. He shows up Saturday morning. This is when practice was. Was it Fridays or Saturdays right. back then? I don't remember. 
and uh, shows up with his dad and is like, oh, hey, you're, my dad's my new mechanic. And I'm just like, and I remember going to you, who was the team manager, and saying, right. hey, Padge, I think I'd, I'm fired. Keeney doesn't want me as a mechanic. And you're like, hey, Kalos might need a guy because Sean Kalos was on the team too. Yeah. And, and, and he was paying maybe? I don't even know. Yeah, no, he always had some weird deal with a cousin or a brother or some crap. Like he had, he, he had uh, uh, rotating mechanics. Yeah, and I was like, "Sweet, I'm still alive. I'm still in the game." Uh, yeah. Uh, so I worked for Kalos for like two or three more races. He broke his thumb or yep. something at Troy, and I drove to Washougal with you, and then that was it. My dream, my my ride was over. But and that's uh, when you decided to hit the cones. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but before that, I mean. You had really took me under your wing, and, and, and I mean, I well, for one, I, I spilled that uh, that green Loctite inside the main bearing of the case. Yeah, that's right, locked it up. And I locked the bike wouldn't start. It would yeah. it would start, but it would be like boar because the bearing it, was locked up with green Loctite. And it was Southwick, right? When you burnt the trailer down. Uh well, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't burn it down, but yeah, I think it was when I was trying was to drop the bearing into the. Back into the, then, we heated up the the main yeah. bearings with a blowtorch, and then you when the when the main bearing or the cases were really really hot. Yeah, no, you put the bearing expanded. in the freezer. Bearing in the freezer, heat the cases up. Yeah, and when the cases were really really hot, then you dropped the freezing cold main bearing that was you know shrunk inside the case, and you were heated up with a blowtorch, and you decided to leave the blowtorch going and sit it on the counter with it blasting on the on the uh, cupboards above, so they caught on fire. Uh, it wasn't and that bad. And that's when I was like, this Canadian idiot. No, dude. I, yeah, there were times you didn't like me for sure because it was. Well, it was I mean, because a- I think you you went on a spell of like like you said the Loctite thing, burning the trailer, and then I think the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> Is when I tried to get a little shut eye in the back, and you, you decided to play uh, uh, peekaboo with the what Dude. do you call it peekaboo with yeah, the, uh, with cones. the cones. You got bored. You said you got bored, so you tried to dodge the cones on the freeway while their construction right. was going dodge, on. Dodge, dodge, so was And then I told you to pull over, and the whole entire wire harness for the lighting system on the trailer was dragging behind the trailer because you got bored. I was trying to like go in the cones and then out before the next one. You know what I mean? Right. Like you didn't make it in case you didn't know. <laughs> Remember I asked you like, dude, what was that? It was like a huge thump and all this and you're like, Oh, that was just something was in the road, like a tire or something. <laughs> and then we stopped and I looked in the trailer and the front was bent a little bit and then there was wire harness dragging. And you're <laughs> well, like, dude, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I, I was bored and trying to dodge the cones. We had to put a, we had to put some duct tape and a big X on yeah. the back door of the trailer so nobody rear-ended us. Then you try to take a dip. That's when I was trying to be cool and dipping and all that. And yeah. you try to take a dip and you couldn't function uh, after that. I threw up everywhere. Was, we yeah. had some funny times. Well, so. yeah, because you were like you were dipping and I wanted to be like yep. Maggio and I think yeah. maybe Button was <laughs> dipping. Like all the Chad Watts was dipping, and I'm like, hey, yeah. clearly it must be the thing to do. Clearly, <laughs> if I want to fit in, I need to dip, and. Uh, <laughs> And I remember you gave me a dip, uh, and you said, "Hey, put this, you know, right in." And I and I got it all in my teeth. Yeah. And then I remember I was so buzzed I couldn't put my hands together. Like when I tried to put, touch my fingers on each hand, yep. and I couldn't even hit them, line them up. I was so buzzed. And then yep. I threw up everywhere. I remember the first time I dipped. Still to this day, dude, I was on my way up to the mini Olympics in my big old camel toter truck, going up there to race. And I, I was driving up before my parents and all them came up. I just drove the big rig up, and dude, I. Somebody left a dip can in my truck, and I said, "Ah, you know what? I'm bored. It's nighttime. I'm gonna 
Let me see what this is all about. <laughs> I took a dip, and I had to pull over on the side of the I-75, and I laid up against a tire and puked for 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Clearly, it I, sucked. I never did it again, and I've never tried it since, for sure. Um, good. It's uh, not good. So, yeah, we were, we were teammates. We were uh, – Kalos was a weird dude, huh? He was a yeah. weird dude. Nice guy. Yeah. Just wouldn't yeah. say much. Different. Yeah. Uh, and Button was uh, Button was a good guy. I remember that. And Keeney, yeah. I didn't like Keeney after I didn't paint his frame, and he fired me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the next year for you, you get, like, your break. You go to Chaparral Yamaha. But you guys had uh, – Button got hired, so you went with Button. Phil Lawrence was there. Brandes was there. Preston was there. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Um, remember uh, – Michael, uh, hmm? gosh, Michael Brandis. Brandis. Michael Brandis, and and then uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, Brandis. Is that who you said? Yeah, I said Brandis, oh. Preston, oh, okay, uh, Lawrence Button. Yep. Um, but that year, I mean, I I I got a job. I went on to work for Ty Birdwell, and you used me to drive drive you around. But that's yeah. another story. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, you still you still <laughs> pretended to be my friend, you and Dino. Well, uh, we we that year at Chaparral, Dave Damron made us ride in the tra- in the trailer. That was we t- toured that- the whole instead of driving across country, we, we rode in a tractor trailer trailer and probably, toured the country. Probably not illegal at all. I'm sure. Oh no, no, because his deal was you have to have two way communication. T- turn the radios on. Oh. So we had our headsets up front and in the thing. So I couldn't take riding back there with all the guys. So I'd always ask you to let me drive with you the next race. And you guys would be working on the bikes in the trailers, right? We, we did every we did we split cases in the trailer going down the road. That's gnarly. That's so funny. We did every we built our bikes going down the road, <laughs> rocking back and forth, and <laughs> it was crazy. Um, uh, how, how did you like that year? Besides the shitty it treatment of Damron, I mean. It was fun, but I got really fat because I wasn't dry. I was just sitting there and building bikes, and all the guys I was working with, they liked a lot of sodas and stuff, and I drank Coke and soda, and, and I don't know. I did. The only thing I remember about that year is I remember it was a lot of fun and a cool experience, but I remember I gained like 10 pounds that year. <laughs> uh, I didn't like that. I found them. I found them. Um, <laughs> the uh, Well, and also, too, like, and, and it didn't change when MC was there. Dave ran a tight ship. And, yeah. uh, and and it had to be, didn't you have to build gold wings and stuff sometimes in the off season? No, during the off season, the years I was there, we were actually trying to. That's when we first started making pit carts. You know, the carts that we all yeah. work off of and stuff. Yeah. And we, you know, during the off season, we did more stuff for the truck and like trailer and building our team up. But yeah, right. back before I was there, they had that fifth wheel trailer. In those years, yeah, the, Dave would make those. Somebody would buy a hop-up pipe and kit for a street bike. Those guys would change it. <laughs> yeah, nice. You were wor- when you weren't working on the race team, you were working as a mechanic in the shop. Yeah, good times. Uh, Accessories. One guy was 12. One guy was 18. I think Button was 12. Phil was 18. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. What a, what a gang. Um, so then how do, you get, how do you get the factory cowie job? How does that come together? I was working at Chaparral, and J-Bone came up to me at a Washougal race and through the fence, um, and, like, we were pressure washing our bikes. Yeah. And he came up and goes, hey, Padge, would, uh, would you ever consider working for a factory? <laughs> what do you think, dude? <laughs> Hold I'm, on. I'm, right now yeah. I'm in the projects, yeah. and you're in the, you're in the upper class. I mean, yeah. so anyways, I said, yeah, and all that. So he got, I got a meeting with uh with uh, Bruce and I went into with Bruce and Bruce said, so what do you know? And I said, man, I'm not, I'm coming to a factory team. I'm not going to lie to you. Here's what I know. I don't know shit. You know what I mean? 
I just know how to split a case on a two-stroke and do all that. But, I mean, I don't really know. I don't know what your standards are or what you guys are looking for. But I'm an ex-racer. I really don't know much. And, you know what I mean? But I'm willing to learn. I just I, I don't want to sit here and blow smoke and then come in and you find out that I'm, a, you know, I'm not really that 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 smart on as mechanic skills and all yeah. that with mechanic skills and all that because back then we had Ron Wood who was really smart and you know what I mean all yeah. those guys we you know we're at the factory forever and I'm coming from racer Rick two Ash, years as a mechanic Rick to, Ash Norm yeah um, factory yeah. mechanic so Bruce basically told me straight up you know what you're hired because you don't know anything. Yeah, and I said what, and he goes, "Yep, I want to teach you, and I want you to be molded to the way we want to do things." So instead of me trying to go in there and blow smoke, I mean, actually, I just told him the truth and just you know. But that's what also worked because he didn't want somebody coming in there that thought they were the best mechanic and they know right. everything, and you know what I mean. So which is probably where they came out. from with Lunas. I mean, you know, a little bit. Yep. Uh, maybe he was a little bit that way, but that, that's actually a a good philosophy. So yep. yeah, and I was clean. You know, what I mean, I never got anything done to me that was altering or anything and you know i got ragged on a lot you know i mean i I still remember this day kenny watson i'll tell you that in a second but i was always clean cut and just you know did my program didn't get into a lot of controversy just did my program clean cut did my job and that 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 made me get a a better job honestly kenny watson at uh (laughs) at uh sacramento one year i rode up there with him and rode back and he was struggling, you know, with the strung-out team and all that stuff, and they were having some complications and stuff. And he's like, dude, Patch, how did you get – because I actually was a factory mechanic then. <clears throat> and he's like, how did you get that? Like, man, you, how did you land that? That's bull And, you know, we were kind of going back and forth talking. And I said, Kenny, dude, you just – honestly, how, you got to clean up, dude. You got to stop being so, you know, freaky and crazy and knowing that you scare people, not scare them like they're scared of you, but they don't want to do business because they don't know what they're getting, and you're not going to represent the uh, – company a japanese company isn't going to go after somebody like you you know what i mean and take you serious <laughs> it's not going to work you know and that's when freestyle first started coming and we all thought it was a joke and right. a bunch of guys that don't know shit and can't race motorcycles anymore boy did we were we wrong right. anyways so kenny still to this day rags on me because you know what i mean because he's had a little success since then and then stuff like that so he always goes hey gotta clean up man you gotta clean up you know what i mean well, just playing it, around we so have fun, fun with it it's so funny you say but, that because you know, I, I got I got that Monday night show I do with him, yeah, him and I here, and it's just it's just nothing but clown show after clown show with him, uh, mm-hmm. and, and he, you know I know him well too. J Bone was on I don't know six months ago. J Bone told a story like when Kenny was going for the uh, factory Honda job with Scott Sheik, like in '97. Uh, right. You know he didn't get it. He had pink hair and earrings, and J Bone told him Kenny, why you, everybody goes this way? Why do you got to go that way? Why are you going you're that? Why are you going that way, Kenny? And they were rehashing that. And Kenny yeah. was telling J Bone, "Well, look at look at where my way got me. You know, same yep. same same thing. So yep. it's kind of funny, J Bone. Why do you got to go that way, Kenny? Yeah, um, but you know what I mean. Kenny's done. I mean, look at Deegan and all those guys. We all thought they were going kooky, but yeah. you know what? Who's laughing now? Yeah, really. That huh? a militia? Yeah, that's a joke. Yeah, look yeah, at them. Yeah, they, yeah, the garbage. Um, yeah. So look you, at them uh, now. They're laughing at us. I remember. But you know, that's you were, cool. I'm I'm so happy for all of them, man. You were a privateer mechanic, and uh, like I said, you taught mm-hmm. me a lot, and you escaped to a factory team. And I remember one time I was like, dude, you don't, you never hang out with us anymore. And you're like, listen, <laughs> listen, I, everybody thinks I've changed. I haven't changed. I'm the same guy. I'm just busy. I don't have time to walk around and say hi to everybody. I'm a factory right. mechanic. There's a lot of work to do here. And I'm like, huh, I guess he's right. I guess, <laughs> I guess I'm goofing off. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it, it, you know, in our sport, and I guess it's in life, but we live, I live in our sport, and, you know, everybody, you know, the thing I wish I could change in our sport, which will never change, is everybody's got egos, and everybody right. is, oh, the jealousy factor in our sport is horrible, you know what I mean? There's, uh, the, you know, everybody wants to act like Christians and all that, but, you know, what? Uh, no one exercises it away from the track, only when Chappie's around, you know what I mean? Right. There's a lot yeah. of things I, I really don't like about our sport, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of great things about it. It kept me out of drugs my whole life, and, you know, it kept families together and it does all that you know what i mean but the jealousy factory if 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 i get a better job than you and then i don't say hi to you first when we're walking across each other's path right. then i'm the stuck-up idiot that thinks i'm too cool yeah you know what no. i mean but you cannot say hi to me but since i get my pay scales higher than yours now i'm the i'm the yeah. dickhead that yeah. that's got a better job and blow you know and that that type of mentality is in our sport so bad everybody's trying to backstab everybody everybody's trying to outdo every if everybody just do their job and be who they are it'd be great but it it's not like that well, but whatever I, I run into that as a reporter because as in the media guy because <clears throat> you know if if i i go to the races and i report on the races and yeah. if you do good i write good things about you if you don't do well, then as a reporter, I got to say, hey, this guy's not doing well. It doesn't mean I hate right. you. It doesn't mean I have a personal vendetta. I'm just reporting on the races, man. And and people can't seem to handle that. Like if you write something poorly, well, it's all of a sudden you we're hate We're an individual him. sport, though. We're a team sport when you're at the truck. But when that gate drops, it's an individual sport. And yeah. if you crash or you do bad, you know what? It doesn't, you know, they don't go back and go, dude, Team Kawasaki sucked. Villapoto got third. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. It's right. Villapoto got third. You know yeah, what I mean? He yeah, sucked yeah. in people's eyes. You know what I mean? Right. Like that type of mentality. <laughs> right. So it's an individual sport. So when you talk about anybody, it's individually. You know what I mean? On a team sport, it, it's not viewed that way. It's a little yeah. different. I mean, not uh, unfortunately not for LeBron, but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not the same. So it, 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 it hurts people's feelings. And plus, we're a young sport, man. Yeah. You know, the, the way it is now, people aren't even going to school. We're all dropping out of school. We're not educated people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the level that, you know, I'm guilty of it too, you know, holding these kids' hands from the very young age and, and, and developing them and jumping in their bandwagon really early and all that made them, you know, a little bit more pre-Madonna and expected of certain things. And it, it's, it's damaged some kids. It, but it you know what? If you don't do it, somebody else is going to. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Unless there's a, a rule, you know, a sanctioning body rule or something, yeah. you know what? We're going to keep doing this and right. we're going to keep going because, you know what? I got a, I got a company that I'm trying to protect too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so you go to Cowie. Um, yep. You work for Huffman, which actually is probably an awesome guy to work for. Yeah, he's a really cool kid. Like, he probably never threw temper tantrums, probably never said much about the bike, just showed up, no. raced it. Yeah. No. Yeah, awesome. You know, the one thing that always sticks in my mind with, with uh, Huffy is it's kind of like uh, I always think Ryan Dungey nowadays because Huffy – I would get so mad at about like it doesn't look like he's trying. You know what I mean? Like, dude, you're so per you're in you're you're like battling with this guy and you're like completely smooth, not out of shape, perfectly fine. Like, no, it looks like you're just look doinking around, dude. Right. And this other guy is barely beating you, but he's going control. Dude, hang it out a little bit. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, Padge, I felt like I was gonna die. You know what I mean? I am on the edge. Like, I feel like I'm going to crash any moment. You know what I mean? And right. I always, that's why I always think about Dungy because Dungy is such a great person to watch ride, like very precise on yeah. a bike, got pretty style and all that. You know what I mean? But things look effortless to him. You know what I mean? A lot of times you're just like, dude, hang it out. You know what I mean? Like, 
go for it, you know. Right, but, right, right, right. you know, he is. Yeah, in yeah. his mind, and the way, just luckily, he's just gifted with that nice uh, laid-back talent style and just yeah. looks chill, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, well, I did one of these with him a while ago, and, you yep. know, he won the Supercross in Atlanta, and was that, that was with you, right? Was Who, that, Huffy? Yeah, was that with you? Yeah. Yeah, and he broke his leg the next day. Yeah, femur. He, femur. He comes yeah. back um, from that, and does he do a shoulder really good? Or what does he do? Does he break his leg again? Uh, I don't man, remember. I... Anyways, he said he was never the same because yeah. the in, he just started riding scared. And, you know, there was a point where he was dueling McGrath at Seattle. Yeah. And he was – I mean, there was a point where – I didn't work for him that year. I worked for him the next the year. The next year. And that's why I thought, dude, we're winning races. Right, <laughs> right. And he said he was never the yeah. same. The injuries made him ride timid. Yeah. Uh, would you agree yeah. with that? 100%. Yeah. 100%. He said that uh, – he just did not want to get hurt anymore because that. He yeah, said you're not that, willing to take those risks. It's different. Right. He said the leg hurt so bad and the injury. I think it was shoulder or maybe it was a leg again or knee. He said it hurts. Yeah. It hurts so bad. Um, but uh, so you were the, you were with him for two years. Yep. Two years. Um, Ninety. His first. He, he was coming off one, uh, lights, one twenty fives, and going in two fifties. Yeah, and you won the U.S. Open with him. Yeah, the first U.S. Open ever. How was that? It was awesome because I mean, you know, he was obviously you know. You know, on the books to be able, capable of winning, but it, you know, I mean, he wasn't like you know, every, all the bets were on him. You know, like if, right. if Bubba or somebody comes to the race, so you know, he it, we weren't really expecting. So me and him just had fun the whole time. You know, what I mean, because yeah. it wasn't really that you know expected of him. So yeah. we just kind of chilled out. I remember that weekend was the easiest weekend of racing. It was a multiple nights. Mm-hmm. I never had to touch the bike barely because <laughs> I mean, they were tiny little sprint races. The bike never even got worn out. And we never even changed tires the whole entire time. But Emig and all those guys were changing tires, like going for the win. Right. And me and Huffy were like, "Yeah, it's pretty good, dude. It's good. It's, it's just quick, anyways. Yeah. It's not a big deal." Yeah, yeah. It's just an arena cross and, or whatever. And come across winning. It was awesome. What was his scores at two nights? I don't remember. You remember? Yeah, I don't remember. Did, did you? Get we a, won. That's yeah. all that matters. Did you get a bonus? Yeah, actually, he gave me ten percent straight up. He gave you ten grand. Wow. Yep. Gave me wrote me a check for ten grand. Said thank you. That's a hell of a bonus. Yeah, it was awesome. Helped me get my first house. Ferry wins summer crossing. Doesn't give me F all. Yeah. He gave me – Wardy always bonused me good. You know, all my guys always been – like that I worked for were always, you know, legit. You know, those guys helped me buy my first house. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. know, I remember Emig. I worked with Emig for the – J-Bone got into a little bit of problems one year and couldn't fly out of the country. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, I went in mechanic for Emig over in Europe. Right. And I love Emig, dude. So, you know, I can rag on him a little bit here. I went and did the European, the Euro Supercross series with him, and we won the World Supercross oh, is that, Championship. Oh, you were, that, you were the Emig. guy? Okay, yeah. Okay. And I remember Emig. Me and him won the World Championship. And I remember we were waiting for the bullet train, and I think it was in Fukuoka or Tokyo or something in Japan. And Emig bought the wrong coffee out of a little coffee, you know, those little machines that yeah. they, over there they sell coffees, yeah. you know, espresso and this and that. He bought the wrong coffee, and he goes, dang it, man. I bought the wrong coffee. Gosh darn it. Anybody want this? And I'm like, yeah, I'll take it if you're not going to drink yeah. it. Yeah. And he goes, give me, you know, whatever, <laughs> a buck to buy another to buy another one. I said, no, I'm not giving you a buck to buy another one. I, you know what I mean? He goes, well, I bought the wrong one. You said you want it. And I said, but you said you didn't want it. You were going to give it to me. And he goes, yeah, I'll give it to you if you give me a buck. I said, if, if I use my buck, I'll buy the damn one I want. 
<laughs> and he, you know what? He never gave me the coffee. He never gave you the coffee. He yeah. just, he, he, I forget if he drank it or just threw it away, but I wouldn't pay him for the coffee that he bought wrong that he didn't want. And right, he didn't right, give me the coffee. Right. And, and, and it's still today, that still hurts me this day. He, he probably got ah, 20, 30 grand a race to start. Yeah, I'm still hurt to this day. I mean, <laughs> I don't think he listens to these. Maybe he does. But. I don't think he even remembers it. And he and he offered, He promised me a brand new Snap-on screwdriver set, and he never gave it to me. Really? You know those bastard riders. But I wasn't his mechanic. It was J Bone. So I'm gonna chalk it up to just he didn't owe me because right. I was I worked for Factory Cowie and I was told to go do it for him. So right. we didn't have an agreement. And to all those listening, make sure you get agreements uh, beforehand. Well, but Chad Reed's guy tried to do that in '03. Or 02 at Yamaha Troy, mm-hmm. and Chad kicked him to the curb. Yeah. So, you know well, what I mean? Better, better then than him working all year and finding <laughs> out that he's still going to get paid. I guess huh? so. I guess Team so. Extreme? What Team a, Extreme? Uh, remember, do you remember the, the credit card wouldn't work at Troy, Ohio? We slept in the hotel lobby. Yeah. Do you remember that? I remember sleeping in the dang truck that year. I remember melting the truck, too, going to Colorado. Are going to uh, Washougal that year. Do you remember that with the black front? Yeah, yeah. I turned right. the heater on to try to keep it from overheating because yeah. I was barreling down the highway and it melted the whole dash. Yeah, I do remember that. All the vents and everything were all melted. Yeah, the vents, everything just drooped and melted. Now, I had to get a whole new dash. Kenny Watson loves to tell a story about how he was locked in the back of the PJ1 trailer. This was before I was on the team. And he yeah. and you drove from somewhere to Minneapolis. Florida. Florida. We drove from Florida to Minneapolis, and Kenny Watson never got out of the fifth okay, wheel so part it's of the true. trailer. So it's true. Never <laughs> opened the door, never got out from Florida to Minneapolis. And just had a bucket? Yep. And it was dark, no lights? Dark, black, like it never got out, dude. How does somebody Me and do- Kenny had some funny stories, too. We were in a whiteout together, and then we got out real quick to go get gas, and we locked the keys in the, the truck with a complete whiteout and snow. <laughs> You get and in? then there was a key on the bottom of the truck that we he had yeah. put in there with wire. Yeah. So we'd have to go out in intervals and try to undo one knot at a, one like twist at a time because we would freeze so quick. Oh, and was... then he'd run in the store, and I would run out and try to twist it, and he would run out. <laughs> and we had to sleep. We we're going back to Denny Stevenson's place in Omaha, Nebraska, and we had to sleep. They wouldn't. They shut the roads down on us because of whiteout. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we had to sleep in a in a school, and we're sleeping at the school on the floor, and then all of a sudden. Denny, and then all these other racers all started coming in there, so we just had a big party out of school because of whiteout. Because everybody was just stuck there. Yep, no one could pass through. Ah, oh, good times. Good times. Yeah, and, yeah I remember stuff. you'd be calling Gary and being like, Gary, you need to put $500 on this credit card so we yep. can get to the next race. You know what I mean? Yep. And it was just one of those deals where the, the money was... It wasn't... was hard back then. Like, if you Could you imagine running a team nowadays like that? No, oh, Yeah, I don't know if you'd make it. You know what I mean? The semi-trucks and all that. And Never everything. happened. Uh, sports gone Never to a happened. new level. Um, yeah. And also, too, like, like back then, we were privateers. I mean, there was nothing. No help. Maybe right. you were getting some backdoor stuff from Yamaha. I don't remember. But, you know, that was yeah. a real privateer. Nowadays... FMF. Was it FMF? Yeah, I remember we got our stuff through FMF. No, that was were... a big year that we switched bikes with... Uh, no. With the other team there and got in trouble. Oh, Chaparral. I wasn't there for that yeah. either. Oh, yeah, that was Chaparral. Rookie, you're right. You're rookie, right. rookie got fired. Uh, you're like yeah. the only guy that didn't get fired because they wanted the truck still to make the races. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, can't fire him. Who's going to drive? But you guys all jumped, like, you jumped on Ricky's bikes, Chat, Pro Circuit, right? Chat, Chad Watts' house? Yeah, but it was, uh, it was our team. It was Chaparral and. 
some other team was supposed to be getting the same exact stuff from FMF. Uh-huh. I forget what other team it was. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, man, I forget what team it was. But anyways, we we're supposed to be getting the same exact stuff, and we, our bikes were always, we felt like tigs and slower, so we swapped <laughs> bikes that day, and they were not even close to the same. Oh, really? So, <laughs> yeah, so they found out. Brooks fired everybody. everybody. Yeah, Brooks fired yeah, everybody. everybody got fired because <laughs> we all switched bikes, and yeah. Did you actually we get basically, in trouble? Basically, we rode each other. We rode opposite bikes to see how good they were. <laughs> like, like, imagine if that happened now. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my like, gosh. Uh, Goose gets on uh, on Williamson's bike, just tries it out, vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Never happened. That'd be good times. Uh, <laughs> good. Cool, man. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks for doing this. Yeah. Uh, I really, no uh, problem, brother. I enjoyed the, the walk down memory lane. And, uh, That's cool. I, I appreciate like we, you having me on, man. I feel like we could go on forever with stories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Everybody's probably like going, are they going to talk about anything worth anything? No, but believe me. People like it. They love it. Uh, right on. That's Anthony cool. Paggio, uh, the guest on the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast show. Paggio, will I see you this weekend in Bud's Creek? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm, I might bone out and not show up, though, this week because uh, I'm making my transfer back to California from Florida, and my kids come in tomorrow, and my wife, and I think I might want to play with them for the weekend. Oh, okay. All right. Well, hey, do you, so, do you actually build goggles anymore, Patch? Uh, I help out a little bit sometimes. So uh, Hedgie does most of that on the road now. Yeah, now you've, you, I see where you come from. Yeah, you've yeah got your go wave. for it now. Say it. Say it like everybody. Oh, no. you're too big time no, now. No, no, blah, no, no. I think, I think you should be uh, applauded. And, and, uh, uh, I appreciate applauded it. because you built goggles for probably 10 years. Oh, every, yeah. Every weekend, you know? So Exactly. Yeah, no. Before uh, we had trucks flying with all that junk. Ugh. What's uh? What's I could still be. I'll still race anybody who wants to race me in an O-frame goggle building deal. Well, I tried to do that contest, <laughs> and you know, it right. all fell apart because of Scott goggles. It all right. f- because he said that your O-frame, you you had to use Bubba's frame. You couldn't use an O-frame because O-frame is <laughs> the simplest thing ever. And I'm like, dude. Shut the f up! Just who cares? Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> uh, um, you know, I just want to do something funny, and, and oh right. god, yeah, um, yeah. Oh well. <laughs> uh, right on, well, Padge. I appreciate well, you having me on here, dude. Uh, and you know, good luck to everybody, and uh, hope to see everybody soon. Right on. Thanks, bud. All right, buddy. See you. Bye. This has been the Racer X podcast with Steve Mathis. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy the more than 250 episode archives, including the Classics Collection where it all began. 